Welcome to the May 2020 update of Project Passive. My name's Mitchell Kuchonda. If you prefer to read this instead of listen to it, feel free to go to my website, kdmhealth.com. That's K-D-M-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Click on Project Passive and you can read the diary there in your own time. Furthermore, please keep in mind, none of this is financial advice. It's far from it. Jim Rowan famously said, the same wind blows on us all and never a truer word spoken. I'm simply sharing my thoughts and actions to keep myself accountable in real time on this journey. I hope you enjoy it and your feedback is always welcome. Let's get into the May update. The quote for May 2020 is, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Friday the 1st of May 2020, the Dow closed down overnight 1.1% and the ASX closed down today 4.2%. It was a cracker day on the Gold Coast today. I scored some great waves with my great mate, PRW. We got talking about living a great life and how it's simply about stringing enough great days together to end up as a great life, one day at a time. And today was certainly one of the great ones. A friend told me that the Gold Coast City Council and the Logan City Councils have both laid off all contractors. They now use the services of staff only. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison today said the next National Cabinet meeting would be brought forward to the 8th of May from the 15th of May to discuss bringing forward opening the country up, which is great news. But if I sidebar now, as I record this in July 2020, uh, sorry, 2021, uh, if you're in Australia, our country is far from open. It's more locked down than it's ever been. So that didn't eventuate. Back to the diary. Saturday, the 2nd of May, 2020. The Dow was down again overnight, 2.5%, and some restrictions have been lifted here in Queensland starting today. It was a fine day and the beaches were packed, which is no surprise. Sunday, the 3rd of May, 2020. A friend told me his credit card bill for the month was the lowest he can remember it being. Now, let's project forward, and if this is the case for most people, it's an enormous slowdown in the velocity of money and businesses making less income. Australian entrepreneur Mark Boris did an Instagram video today on the need for Australian businesses to be self-reliant, innovative, and the best they can be. We may be beating the curve, but now we need to beat the economic challenges business face, he suggested. As an example, Warren Buffett today reported he sold out of all his airline holdings in in his company Berkshire Hathaway. What makes this interesting is, it was only in March, a couple of months ago, that he bought most of them. Now he's sold out of all of them. He said he misjudged the value of them and people traveling over the next few years would be lower in number. So he got out. We have 6,783 cumulative COVID cases in Australia and 93 cumulative deaths. While globally we're at 3.27 million cumulative cases and 230,104 cumulative deaths. Interestingly, I've been getting the stats for this off the website covid19.who.int. But being that it's a World Health Organization website, I simply don't really trust them. So I'm not sure if I'll bother updating numbers moving forward. Also today, Elon Musk tweeted that his company Tesla shares are overvalued after last week reporting a profit for the third consecutive quarter. So Tesla shares promptly dropped 13% in value. He also tweeted, I'm selling almost all my physical possessions, will own no home. In other words, he's going all in on his businesses. It's an interesting insight and behavior from Elon. But Tesla, to me at least, seems like an impressive company, and they're clearly a paradigm shifter in the automotive and software industries. Monday the 4th of May. Today, Westpac Bank released its half-year results. Its profits were down 60%. Its earnings were down at 28 cents per share, so it's not paying a dividend at all to shareholders, which it'll review in the next 12 months. They still made over a billion dollars in profit, but they need to ensure they have funds in these challenging times. Yesterday, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, streamed its annual meeting online with five hours of Warren and his business partner, Charlie Munger, sharing their wisdom. I got a lot out of it, mostly perspective and reinforcing a long-term view because Warren talks in multi-decades, which is something I really value. The biggest take-home points were his review of US history, the Great Depression, and never betting against America economically as its best years are ahead of it. Also, he shared a fantastic analogy about the liquidity of shares using owning a farm and having a neighbour with a farm constantly wanting to buy part of yours or sell you part of his five days a week. It's a wonderful option to have 
and equally, you don't have to listen to it. He also cleared up why he has $125 billion in cash. His listed and unlisted companies are worth probably four to six times that amount, at least that's my guess. So $125 billion in case is a relatively small percentage when we're talking those numbers. <clears throat> probably, probably like me being 10% in cash, however, um, he, there are two main differences. Number one, he needs some cash in case any of his businesses need that cash. And also he owns a huge insurance company, I think it's the biggest one in the world called Geico, and they need to have a huge float to pay out any claims necessary, insurance claims. Second, he never wants to be reliant on the government needing to bail him out or dependent on banks for liquidity if needed. Again, we're talking about Berkshire Hathaway, which runs and manages hundreds, possibly thousands of different businesses under that one conglomerate. So people like me really have no idea what that entails because we've got no personal experience with it. So I'll listen to Warren and take his face value on it. Tuesday, the 5th of March, 2020. The Dow finished up 0.1%, and this morning Qantas announced that it would borrow another $550 million, extending its standing down of more than 25,000 staff and cancelling existing domestic flights until the end of June this year. The CEO said they're losing $40 million a week, but could continue to do that until December 2021 because of the balance sheet they've built up over the years. They're down to just 13% of typical domestic flights and just 6% of typical international flights currently. Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg said the economic hit of COVID-19 has cost the nation $4 billion a week and for every extra, extra week the country remains in lockdown. The ASX-listed company James Hardy Industries, a buildings material company, has cut dividend payments until further notice and also cut 375 jobs globally. My mate called me and we talked about his potential participation in the share purchase program of Ramsey and National Australia Bank. Ramsey is the one he intends to hold long term, while the NAB participation is a way for him to accelerate the sale of NAB via bringing his cost base down to a lower number. So he'd get 30,000 shares in theory at $14.50 per share, which will enable him to sell out sooner without losing any capital. Time will tell how this one plays out though. The AXX closed up 1.6% today. Also today, I got asked by a business associate in Melbourne to do a health talk on Thursday evening, the 21st of May on Zoom, centered around USANA's nutritional products. The company's Australian entity also asked me to give a talk on Zoom on Thursday morning, the 14th of May. I've said yes to both of these um, for three reasons. Number one, it helps improve my online communication skills. And that's actually one of the reasons I'm doing this as well, because it helps me learn to talk and learn to read and speak and so on, because I think those skills are incredibly important. Number two, in these times, I feel it's generally a great idea to say yes to opportunities that present themselves. And thirdly, ideally I'll record them both and upload to my YouTube channel and blog. I wish I'd recorded the hundreds of presentations, product trainings and business trainings that I've done over the past 16 years in USANA. It's a huge opportunity cost lost. But as the saying goes, it's better late than never. Wednesday, the 16th of May, 2020. The Dow closed up just off over half a percent overnight. Airbnb just cut 1,900 jobs, apparently equating to about 25% of its workforce thanks to COVID. Here in Australia, I'm hearing a lot of confusion around the JobKeeper payments for out-of-work employees um, and Australian businesses. Apparently, it's not easy to navigate the enrolling and confirming of it all. I'm yet to hear anyone from the millions of people who have applied for it receive payment. Lots of people on Twitter are not happy about it. But then again, when are people on Twitter ever happy? Friday, the 8th of May, 2020. 33 million Americans have applied for unemployment since March. That is absolutely staggering. <clears throat> Overnight, I see rideshare company Uber will lay off 3,700 full-time employees, which is about 14% of the global workforce, plus the CEO will forgo his salary for the remainder of the year. They've lost close to $3 billion in just three months. Also in the USA, I see the S&P 500 slowly marching up. It seems surprising given the amount of unemployment. However, having a close look at it, it appears the five biggest companies, things like Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, and so on, 
are doing incredibly well while the rest are hurting. This skew is one of the reasons to invest in cap-weighted index funds. In other words, the, 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 how big these huge companies are, they skew, they pull up the size of the index so the other companies that aren't doing so well don't impact the results as much. Here in Australia, the Prime Minister today announced a three-stage road to recovery plan for our economy and our country to get back to work, with the goal of our country being fully open, excluding international travel, by July 2020. Starting with this weekend, we're in stage one, which is things like cafe, restaurants are open, but with social distancing. Parks, libraries are open again, boot camps for training are open again, etc. That said, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia has temporarily closed 114 branches and redirected work of over 500 staff as people basically do everything online at the moment. As one, at the time of writing today, the ASX is probably on the positivity of our country slowly open, um, is up. Saturday, the 9th of May, 2020. The Dow closed down overnight 2%, despite it being reported overnight that 20.5 million Americans lost their jobs in April. Throughout this pandemic, I'm disgusted in mainstream media and their clickbait headlines and low standards. The unnecessary fear they've been spewing out is sickening. The labels they've been throwing out there are just sad. One that caught my attention was rugby league player Bryce Cartwright, who's refusing to have a flu shot. He's immediately been labelled an anti-vaxxer, which is bullshit, and I quote this from his Instagram account. Not once have I said I'm, an I'm anti-vaccination. I've never claimed to be a doctor or medical professional, and I've never told anyone they should or shouldn't, what they should or shouldn't do in regards to vaccinations. I stand for freedom to choose what goes into our bodies. I am pro-choice pro-informed consent and pro-medical freedom. I have nothing against people who choose to vaccinate, so to label me an anti-vaxxer is spreading misinformation. End quote. In my opinion, this is no different to labelling people who didn't go to university anti-education, for example. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like sharks in the media. I'm a keen surfer, so I don't say this lightly. But sharks take exploratory bites of surfers, probably mistaking them for seals or other marine life. They don't attack us. From what I've been told, they don't even like to taste, which is why they typically take one bite and there's so many survivors of these shark incidents. But shark attack sells more, adds, sells more space and draws more media attention because of that old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. I encourage everyone to take a holiday from the mainstream media forever. But if that's too scary for you, just take a month off. No nightly news or current affair shows, no news.com.au view, viewing, no online newspapers, you get the drift. I've done this for years at times and, and can share from personal experience, your life and peace of mind will be better than you can imagine. What you'll also learn is there's really no news stories. It's all just the same stuff happening to different people. Plus, if something is important enough to know, it'll get to you one way or another. Replace the news media with habits or information that actually serves you and improves your life. Read a great book. Use that time to learn or study something new or that interests you. Meditate or just enjoy the silence for just enjoy silence for part of the day. It's insane how many people cannot exist happily in silence. My theory is many people are so mixed up that they're scared to be alone with their thoughts. Which brings me back to this month's quote. All humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And when it says man, of course it means women too. The quote was probably just from many hundreds of years ago. Now, extending this media conversation to investing, specifically active investing. There's zero motivation for trading platforms, institutions and accompanying media to recommend passive investing. Absolutely none. And here's a great example of a track record of one of the biggest investment banks and financial services businesses in the world, Goldman Sachs. So on December 31, 2019, Goldman Sachs declared the US economy is recession-proof. On March 11, 2020, Goldman Sachs predicted a bottom of 2,450 by the mid-2020s. Less than a week later, on March 15, 2020, Goldman Sachs predicts a bottom of 2,000 in mid-2020. Two days later, March 17, 2020, Goldman Sachs declares global recession is underway. That's less than three months before, 
<laughs> since they declared a re- the US economy is recession proof. And then le- less than a month later on April 13, 2020, Goldman Sachs says bear market is over. We're just kidding about these bottoms in the 2020 predictions. So I'll put the link to this in this episode notes. It's from a Reddit thread. It's safe to say they, though, no one knows nothing. Sunday, the 10th of May, 2020. An investing forum I read had a topic about has your, how your risk mitigation strategy is going during COVID-19. Essentially, was it good enough? And it's a fantastic discussion to have. And based on the, and it's based on the data, and again, I'll put this in this episode notes of the granton.edu.au blog. Um, and it goes on to say the part that caught my attention was 25% of all working households in Australia have less than one week's income saved in the bank, which is just crazy. The forum chat went into discussion about how Australians view wealth and it appears we view we view wealth as things we can see physically. You know, things like a house, a car, holidays, clothes, your photos on social media and so on. One of the more genuinely, genuinely wealthy people that I know on the forum posted about tracking and graphing your net asset position quarterly and twice a month. He also tracked his cash buffer to know exactly where he's at. He's, he commented on his post that his post would most likely fall on deaf ears. Um, I've been doing this since around the year 2000 and I'm shocked at the lack of basic financial education in society, but it's no surprise because we live in a country where there's such a strong welfare safety net which diminishes a need for people to save and be financially independent on their own. Monday, the 11th of May, 2020. A news podcast I sometimes listen to called AM in the PM gives me all the news happenings in five to eight minutes most days, making it a fantastic point. Uh, And it made a fantastic point this morning that's coincidentally one that I've felt organically happen in these diaries. No more dominating with COVID numbers and stats. The curve here in Australia is flat. We're past the worst of it and managing it incredibly well. There's zero need for it to be jammed down our throats any further. My guess is cases will spike a little when restrictions drop for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it'll be winter here in Australia, so general illness increases around then anyway. And secondly, people will be mixing with each other a lot more, which logically cases will increase compared to self-isolating. But time will tell on both these points. The only thing annoying in the slightest, and these are first world problems, is uh, Seoul is paying a dividend on Thursday this week. The uh, listed invest- listed company, Washington H. Seoul Patterson. But Seoul doesn't have a dividend reinvestment plan set up. So I've got to do it manually, which is no problem. I can do this one manually. As a power and value of reinvesting profits from investments is well known. But Seoul keeps going up in price. So it makes it a little bit... Uh, of an emotional challenge, I guess you can say. Yes, it'll be the cheapest I've ever bought it for today, but there's also part of my brain that wants it at an even better price. So no matter what, I'll buy more shares with the dividends I receive this week, but it's funny to observe how my mind cares about this stuff. Tuesday, the 12th of May, 2020. I got invited to do a webinar with a person from a different direct sales company today, which I politely declined. From my experience, People who jump from company to company and have mentors who have done the same thing largely end up with little and underachieving. I see this same behavior in people investing as well. People will jump in and out of companies, manage funds and different asset allocations often to end up underperforming. Those who stay the course with a great simple diversified asset allocation, reinvest the dividends and let time and compounding do the heavy work seem to work out well. It's the same with distributors in direct sales. Only a minority will achieve the wealth and lifestyle they're looking for, so I avoid the rest like the plague plague, or like COVID-19. I got talking to XXX today about the economy and the current happenings. I suggested he and his wife have absolutely nothing to worry about. There's no bad news ahead that, they should, that should worry them. And why is this? A number of reasons. Firstly, they've got zero debt, they've got plenty of cash, and they've got some productive assets to produce income. Even if their assets stop producing, they've got cash to use, enough to live off for at least five years. And if they were to run out of cash, other than, other than that being highly unlikely, um, there's the age pension safety net. 
So there are a time in life that they can enjoy things and not stress and worry if we go into, into if we go into a recession, which we will for sure, or a depression, which I still don't even know the definition of, um, it won't matter to them. Obviously, the reverse is true for people with debt, for people with no cash buffer and no income producing assets or who lose their employment. In this case, there's plenty of scope for trouble, but worrying about it is a waste of time. A far better use of time is creating additional income streams, paying down debt and building a cash buffer. Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg today said unemployment would reach 10% in the June quarter with over 1.4 million Australians unemployed and the gross domestic product or GDP will drop 10% in the same quarter. This is the biggest drop on record. The Dow closed down half a percent overnight and the ASX closed down 1% today. I executed a DRP of Seoul today for $17.96 and also invested more in XXX for $7.68, bringing down the cost base for both. Thursday, the 14th of May, 2020. The Dow finished down again overnight 2.1% as it did the day before. And new, uh, and new uh, job, jobless rate has jumped 6.2% in April with 594,300 jobs lost last month. These are just crazy times. Add to this, the definition of a job in Australia is currently at least one paid hour of work per week or something like that. That's the definition for being employed in Australia. It's difficult to imagine the real level of unemployment and underemployment in this country. On Tuesday night for our weekly USANA Zoom call, I shared some recent statistics around income here in Australia. 25% of working households have less than one week in income in savings. The top fifth percentile of income earners in Australia have less than four weeks income in savings. Of employees under 35 years old, 63% have been impacted via less hours, job loss, etc. during this COVID-19 timeline. These are just crazy numbers. The other thing I'm noticing is how critical many people are of the government and banks. Yes, government banks are essentially in a position, um, yet, not yes, yet, it's the government and banks that are essentially in a position to cushion um, the poor financial position many Australians find themselves in. Now, I'm in no way suggesting that governments and banks are faultless and above the law, not even close. But we are fortunate our government's balance sheet is strong and we can help some of the we can help so many people in the country with the way things currently are. Banks have also been increasing their liquidity and capital essentially since the global uh, global financial crisis and especially over the past few years. Now, let's imagine every Australian household save more than they spent and had a solid cash buffer for at least three to six months living expenses as an absolute minimum. All of a sudden, there's not as much panic. There's less reliance on government and banks. Asset prices wouldn't have crept up so high due to cheap debt available with interest rates so low because we would have been far more financially prudent, boring, save more than we spend, not extended ourselves beyond our means and not be up shit creek without a paddle when closures happen and people's income dried up. There's an, incredibly, there's an incredible freedom when one lives below their means. When you have no debt, no single income owns you or your time. You can be paid while you sleep. You're a learner instead of the learned. Change is automatic, but progress is not, as Tony Robbins pointed out to us in one of his workshops a few years ago back in Salt Lake City, Utah. I love that quote. Um, change is automatic, but progress is not. The Commonwealth Bank today also reported house prices could fall by 30% in a worst case scenario. Of course, this is all speculation. However, I feel there's value in looking over the hill, as my car mechanic Tony says, so to speak, and be prepared for any range of outcomes. I did a Zoom presentation this morning for USANA Australia on operating a healthy business for associates given the current circumstances and times we're in being incredibly relevant. Um, I'll post that link in this episode notes. The interim dividend today from XXX also showed up, um, which is fantastic. Dividend days and DRP days are always my favorites. The ASX closed down 1.7%. Friday, the 15th of May, 2020. The Dow closed up 1.6% overnight despite another spike in unemployment numbers. I believe it's now close to 40 million unemployed in the USA. Something I learned this morning was in addition to our unemployment numbers, there's also half a million people who've stopped looking for work. 
they've essentially given up. Add this to the 600,000 currently now unemployed and the 6 million people receiving JobKeeper subsidy from the government, and this is the reality our country faces. The ASX closed up today, but both two companies went down that I invest in and I simply couldn't resist buying more. So this week has been three company purchases, so you've got to be, I've got to be happy with that. Saturday the 16th of May 2020. Firstly, I feel like it's time to provide an update on COVID-19 cases here in Australia. We're at a total of 100 cumulative deaths and 13 active cases in all of Australia, which to me basically means COVID-19 is over as far as a medical emergency goes. What's troubling, other than the economic challenge in front of us, is a misinformation that continues to be spread. For example, driving up the highway today, all the overhead digital signs on the M1 Pacific Highway read COVID-19 hyphen get a flu shot. Now let's be crystal clear. There is no correlation between receiving the flu shot and COVID-19. So why would they link the two at all? Now let's talk cash. A major concern of mine is the potential to that we move to 100% digital currency in Australia and around the world. In my view, this would be tragic. One of my physical prep clients who professionally has a great read on all these things. Today shared with me that this pandemic has ensured physical currency is here to stay, which was surprising to me. He relayed, this, he relayed that during the recent Australian bushfires early this year, then we had floods and now we're in a health pandemic, automatic telemachines in parts of Australia didn't work for up to three days due to their infrastructure being damaged. This was lesson number one. Lesson number two came when the share market crashed and the lockdown started. People started taking their savings out of the bank and stashing them under their pillows. Apparently, a huge number of people did this. One of my good mates told me um, many do. he may do something similar. And another friend of mine, whose wife works at a teller at one of Australia's big banks, told me that she served a stack of elderly people who were withdrawing funds to literally take them home. Imagine a system 100% dependent on electronic cash and the internet. Sorry, electronic funds and the internet. To me, it's a scary soul store of wealth and soul means an exchange of currency as well and a soul exchange of currency as well. I'm not for a second suggesting physical cash is perfect because it too can be lost and stolen super easily. However, I solely control my physical cash and not a computer or a system or a program and it's got no reliance on electricity and all the internet. I've got to say, this conversation made my day. Here's to physical cash, along with a fantastic training session and a delicious cake my client's wonderful wife made for our post-training lunch. Sunday, the 17th of May, 2020. Today, someone who shall remain anonymous told me an interesting situation. A local florist was looking for a couple of people to do half a day's work delivering flowers this morning, Sunday morning for Mother's Day offering $400 cash each to do that work. Around five people were offered the opportunity to do this and all five I know about decided against it because they're getting JobKeeper, which is $750 a week for the next six months, despite constantly complaining about not having enough money. I sincerely hope this is not an accurate representation of the sentiment in society right now. Monday, the 18th of May, 2020. Listed investment company XXS reported today and maintained their dividends from last year. It's also the 30th year in a row the company has either maintained or increased its annual dividend. With everything happening currently and the number of businesses that have cut or suspended their dividends, a number of which the top 25 holdings of XXX, it's great to see the result for shareholders, all things considered. They also commented they plan to maintain their December dividend, excluding any major unforeseen circumstances. Now, I don't own this company, but I do own similar listed investment companies, and this is the main reason for allocating capital to such companies. They come through with cash flow for retirees in challenging times, while perhaps retaining some cash in the good times for challenging times like this. Let's see what the remainder of the year tosses up. Today, the ASX closed up, 0.85%. 0.85%. Tuesday, the 19th of May, 2020. The Dow closed up 3.85% overnight on the hope of some positive news in relation to COVID vaccines. I fail to see how COVID vaccine will help, but we live in a time of virtue signaling and quick fixes. 
What's insane is a silence around things everyday people can do to improve one's immunity that are available to us all for free and in some cases for a small cost. Let's go through some of it. Quality sleep is free. Easy to moderate exercise is largely free. Getting out on the sun every day, getting out in the sun every day largely to, is largely free depending on where you live. Quality nutrition. I find it so interesting that all the crappy food, things like sugar, flour, pasta, rice, and so on, run out of the supermarket shelves, yet there's basically a zero shortage of fresh fruits and vegetables during peak COVID panic. It's so interesting. This link between great nutrition and health is still not, is still not there or linked by most people. Take vitamin C and vitamin D every day as an example. It's great for everyone any, anyway, particularly useful for anyone with immune challenges. Why are we not being fed this information? Instead, we're being feared, fed a diet of fear, stay at home and stay inside. It's absolute insanity. The ASX, the ASX closed up 1.85% today. Wednesday, May 20. The Dow closed down overnight, 1.6%. I had an early morning catch up with a mate that I used to coach back in my team sport physical preparation coaching days. He runs a sales business and is a forward thinking business owner. He feels we're in for more pain. He told me in the UK where he's from, they're paying everyone 80% of their wages and no one was working. That's an, that's an enormous hole to fill when people get back to work and a significant upcoming lag. It's likely, though not definite, what will happen here in Australia once JobKeeper payments cease come September. He feels people are just thinking everything will go back to normal with no repercussions from all the extra debt incurred. There's a huge mismatch going on essentially. Rideshare company Uber has cut 3,000 more jobs and shut 45 offices around the world. A friend of mine took up full participation in the Ramsey Healthcare Share Purchase Plan that closed today. Their offer was at $56 for up to $30,000 worth of shares. At the time of writing, their shares are priced at $67.86, so it's a good buy. He's also a holder of National Australia Bank, who are doing a capital raising that closes tomorrow. It's the same deal, but at $15.14, but he's still on the fence about participating in this one. Thursday, the 21st of May, I gave a health talk on Zoom tonight to a group of interested people wanting to improve their health, and I'll put a link to it in this episode note. Friday, the 22nd of May, 2020, the Dow closed down half a percent overnight. West Farmers are going to close a stack, they said between 75 and 157 um, Target stores, and convert them to Kmart stores instead. Target has been doing poorly, while Kmart has been kicking goals. There's also been an increasing number of articles online about Australian housing and real estate not being the roads to riches, um, with house prices not always rising. It's been depicted as for much of the past two decades. Of course, pockets are still growing strong. It's an interesting trend, especially in Australia, being insanely bullish about property. I understand the love of property, especially the leverage available, while house prices are rising and debt is so cheap. But leverage works both ways. Now add the hit people's income has taken, negative gearing properties cost money and tenants require rent to be dropped or rent-free periods, and it can start to hurt quickly unless there's a cash buffer set aside for such occasions. My friend decided to participate in the National Australia Bank share purchase plan, which was a good decision, I reckon. His cost base has dropped significantly, and he'll be able to sell out and place those funds into the index or wherever he wishes to put them long-term. He's crazy heavy in banks, especially with his holdings in VAS, which is Vanguard's Australian share fund, and all listed investment companies having solid bank holdings. The big news is there's been a $60 billion miscalculation with the JobKeeper program. Turns out less than half of the estimated 6 million people have taken it up or qualify for it. There's been a big blow up in the media as to how the government could make such a mistake. Um, also, there's been a retrospective legislation brought in for permanent casual employees, meaning anyone employed in that capacity is entitled to paid leave like full-time employees. Now, this makes it incredibly tough for business owners, especially casual, especially as casual people are paid more per hour to make up for the fact that they don't get any paid leave in the first place. Now, businesses, and I want you to think small businesses, 
appear to be out of pocket collectively about $8 billion for, for back pay for annual leave they never got, nor did they ever expect to have to pay because it was never part of the deal when signing up, so to speak, because they were always casual workers. This is a massive win for unions, but perhaps a deal breaker for so many small businesses. It's fantastic businesses look after employees and give them the rights and benefits, but that can only come when one, someone takes the risk to start a business because starting a business is a risk-taking behavior. And secondly, the business is profitable and is able to grow its profits. So help me understand how this new ruling encourages risk-taking behavior and people starting businesses and employing more people. It's just crazy. There seems to be this group think that all businesses make enormous sums of money, and they simply don't. Something like 80% of businesses are no longer in business after the first five years. Keep introducing retrospective legislation changes, and this, keep introducing retrospective legislation changes like this, and the numbers will shoot up even higher. The ASX closed down 1% today. Saturday, the 23rd of May, 2020, the Dow closed down 0.04% overnight. I talked to a friend today and he commented about the next year or two being tough for Australia. Government tax receipts will be low, meaning the government will need to borrow to fulfill tax obligations, um, to fill tax obligations, and with especially with not as many people working. Whatever way you slice it, it isn't looking up for a while. I found an interesting interview with Charles Goody in the Weekly Australian. What blew me away was his comment that 60% of the working population in Australia works for the government or is supported by the government. He followed up with these comments. It will be difficult for governments to withdraw this support. So I think we'll have greater government involvement in society than previously. That may move the political needle to the left. That may lead to slower growth and a more welfare society. I am reminded of a comment by Ronald Reagan that he said of governments, if it moves, tax it. If it keeps on moving, regulate it. When it doesn't move, you subsidize it. There is a lot of evidence in Australian history, there is a lot of evidence in history of governments withdrawing from a territory once they have captured. There's not a lot of evidence in history of governments withdrawing from territory once they have captured it. I think we need to have a much more government involved I think we will have a much more have a much more government involved society and he also goes on to say the Reserve Bank of Australia is no longer talking about inflation targets as about assisting to reduce unemployment and stimulate the economy he said a much wider ambient of comments is coming from the RBA we're in danger of losing some of its independence and becoming an arm of the political policy of government End quote. Keep in mind, Mr. Goody is in his late 80s, hasn't seen, has seen a lot. So we're in for an interesting time ahead in relation to that. Monday, the 25th of May, 2020. I heard today government medical officers pushing back on the National Rugby League and the AFL about them playing with spectators in stadiums this year. There are five active cases in Australia, as I type this, out of 25,471, 25,471,661 people, according to our population as it stands right now. Let's not mention our state borders are still closed, and ridiculous is an understatement. I talked to a friend tonight who told me about this situation as his wife had to go to Canberra for a week to look after a hotel while the hotel's general manager goes to Queensland for a week to see his wife and his newborn child. He had to do it this way because his hours have been cut to two, hour, to two days per week. And because of this, he couldn't afford to continue renting where they, where they were living in Canberra. So his wife and new child had to go live with her parents in Queensland while he lives rent-free in the hotel full-time while only working two days a week. I can't imagine how many similar stories there are happening in, like this at the moment. I know I keep banging on about it, but having multiple streams of income in today's world is an absolute necessity, I reckon, or a minimum cash cushion of six to 12 months living expenses. It's frightening the number of people who go week to week. It's no wonder so many people are close to exploding with stress, anger, rage, and so on. I'd imagine it would be building up and compounding over time, 
just being in that survival mode 24-7. I can remember times in my life where I've been there and it's not fun at all. I look back at my own behavior, my attitude and decisions and happiness, and I can see it wasn't great. I remember one day, many, many years ago, I literally had $7 to my name sitting in my car. And I was thinking if something happens now, for example, my car breaks down or I needed to get petrol that day, I'd have no money to pay for it, no access to credit, nothing. It's a fantastic learning experience to have, though I can't say it was much fun at the time. Their ASX closed up today a little over 2%. Thursday, the 26th of May, 2020. Overnight, the Dow closed flat, while today the ASX, at the time of writing this at lunchtime, is absolutely flying. I have no idea why, though there would be some reason. I should note, I shouldn't note commentary on day-to-day price movements of indexes and market prices because my hope anyone listening to this will come to see how irrelevant they are over time, despite the focus media and uninformed people have on them. As I heard Thornhill once say, company earnings are the dog and the share price is the tail. Don't get them mixed up. It's the underlying earnings that a business has that matters. Now, whether the company pays dividends, buys back shares, uses the earnings for acquisitions or reinvests into the business or the like, that's up to management's choice but the earnings are that matter and that the earnings are growing year on year. The Age newspaper reported 1.4 million people who've pulled money out of superannuation funds, which I'm pretty certain is being spent right now on things like home renovation, TVs, and so on. I'm guessing there's 10 to $12 billion floating around the economy now, keeping businesses going and keeping people's emotional needs met for the moment. They'll need another addictive dopamine hit sooner or later though. Around two weeks ago, I emailed my accountant details for my quarterly business activity statement to be done. I got no response, which is incredibly strange. So yesterday I sent up a follow-up email and I still got no response. So today I called the office only to find out she's no longer working there. I talked to one of the firm's partners who had told me that she'd resigned 7 p.m. Thursday last week, apparently struggling with the whole COVID thing and working from home. The partner told me her. The partner told me um, she, she, my accountant needed her laptop out of her house uh, and had to step away from work immediately, which was strange because apparently my accountant had been in great spirits and enjoying working from home. From all reports, which goes to show we never really know what's going on with people. So it's important to be kind as often as possible because we just don't know what battles people are facing. The only thing, the only problem was my business activity statement needed to be lodged and paid in two days time and I'm never keen to be on the wrong end of the ATO, ever. I have been in the past, but that's a story for another day. The ASX closed up today, this time 3%. And this is pretty, pretty good as Larry David would say, and any fans of Curb Your Enthusiasm would know what I'm talking about. I talked to a couple of friends today um, about this jump in asset prices. What's interesting is I remember people saying, I'll buy you know company X, Y, and Z when prices get to some ridiculously low number. Um, and to date, they've missed it. Now we have another severe, now if we have another severe downtime, downturn in prices that take the price, the share prices down to even lower than they were in March, the same people will still say, I'll wait till they get to an even lower price, but they still won't buy. Being in cash long-term is not a solution for creating wealth and gaining freedom. Owning a piece of equity is the absolute key, unless of course you've won the game and you have so much cash it's irrelevant. These are challenging times for indecisive people. Another point is earnings, generally speaking, are terrible for most companies currently to the point they're cutting, suspending, and postponing dividends. When end, of the financial rep- when end of the financial year reporting season is upon us in July and August, I'm guessing we'll just see how expensive shares are right now based on their cumulative underlying earnings. But we're acquiring them for their future earnings and profits. So what might seem expensive now can turn out to be incredibly valued in one to two decades time and this can end up pretty, pretty good. And if you're a fan of Larry David, you'll know what I just did there. Wednesday, the 27th of May, 2020. The Dow was up 2.1% overnight. 
Yesterday, the Prime Minister announced the next prong to getting the economy going with a thing called Job Maker, I think. The monkeys, who are the mainstream media and journalists in the cheap seats, had a field day with it, like they do with everything announced, whether it's valuable or otherwise. Um, in New Zealand, Air New Zealand has cut 4,000 jobs and the police in New Zealand can now enter anyone's house without a warrant. I don't have the vocabulary to comment on that piece of legislation without using language too strong for this blog. I was talking to a friend earlier this week about how his poor his accountant services have been for a while now. He talked about someone he knows who has an accountant on a monthly retainer of $300 per month. When, when these COVID measures came into play, his friend was on the phone with his accountant for two hours, maximizing all the business opportunities. The interesting part to me is a subscription-like business model the accountant is offering his clients and my good mate and they're fond of and willing to pay. It's, it's a fantastic idea and wonderful business model. I've been connecting customers with the world's best nutritional products in the same way for close to 16 years now in over 20 different countries. In the early years, I'd have to explain the ins and outs of this in a bit of detail, whereas these days, businesses like Netflix, Stan, mobile phones, energy companies, and internet companies have done all the education for me. On Friday, the 22nd of, uh, 22nd of this month, I discussed my friend participating in the NAB share purchase plan. Well, as of today, bank shares are flying. With the share purchase plan, his cost base has been reduced enormously. If they keep going up at this rate, he'll be able to sell out of them much sooner than thought. The liquidity of shares is incredible. I love it. And while I'm someone who accumulates over time, no stop losses, no selling or no speculation here, I value enormously the ability to access cash within transaction plus two days. Interestingly, oh, correction, my friend just called me back and will probably sell half his shares now um, once he before he receives his allocation and then check with his accountant if it's a wash sale in any way. For who knows what reasons the shares of the big four could be up six to 10% today. CBA, for example, has gone from around $58 to $65 in just three days. Interestingly, the underlying earnings are horrible at the moment. ANZ and Westpac didn't even pay half-year dividends and NAB cut theirs to $0.30 cents down from $0.80 cents, um, and $0.94 cents before that, I think. Interestingly, the rest of the ASX is down today and closed flat. The four big banks are a huge weighting of the Australian Stock Exchange and moved up strongly, so the counterbalance to this momentum in financials must be equally significant. Thursday, the 28th of May, 2020. The Dow closed up 2.1% overnight and the ASX is on a tear once again at the time of writing. It finished up 1.3% at close. I have no idea why, it's just the way it is, as Jim Ryan would say. My, my friend who I told you about with the Ramsey shares only received half his allocation, which is a bummer, though it's way better than nothing. And this morning he sold half his allocation of NAB shares for $19. He'll sell the other half once NAB shares, once he receives the NAB shares from his share purchase plan allocation. All in all, he's done fantastic. Ramsey is flying and it's a great business in a growing area of the economy, healthcare. NAB sold at a profit while removing his huge overweight position in banks and he's cashed up to invest more back in the index. It's a great position to be in. Uh, a friend messaged me today to see if there's, I messaged a friend today to see if there's anything standing out in her observations in the past month. She just said to me, people were talking about withdrawing super. I know a few people who have just gone out, withdrew for the hell of it and have wasted money on material things, which I think is crazy. The ability of the average person to compound their money for decades to self-fund in retirement is poor. And how can I say this? Four out of every five Australian retirees are fully or partially dependent on the government at, for the age pension in Australia. The last time I read on the National Commission of Audits website, which is a government website, this was projected to continue for at least the next 40 years. And that's not a typo. Now let's add to the fact that 1.5 million Australians have lost money in super by taking it out. What will be up to $20,000 each when asset prices of super are at their lowest and they're spending it on material things that bring about short-term instant gratification at long-term opportunity cost. Projecting forward, this money taken out of people's super is at the worst possible time, crystallizing losses and ensuring there's less capital being compounded 
uh, until preservation age for each person. We're talking 15, 20, 25, 30, in some cases, 35 years of compounding lost. Now, people who need it, they need it. And I think it's a wonderful thing that they've been able to access at this critical time. But for the rest who clearly don't need it and don't understand opportunity cost, they'll pay for it one way or another. Today, I registered a website blog to finally own some space on the internet. It's for KDM Health, my physical preparation coaching business, but I've been giving some thought to publishing a diary publicly. I'm still unsure if I will. I may test it out with a few posts here and there before making a final decision. You cannot, as a sidebar, you can obviously see I've decided to do that. But originally, this diary was just going to be private and given to um, family and friends. Friday, the 29th of May, 2020. The Dow closed down half a percent overnight, and the ASX also closed down one and a half percent today. Talking to a client today who is a partner in an accounting firm, it appears deflation is here. He was telling me there's far more competition for projects than just a few months ago, and the price they're offering is way down. People doing the same work for less money equals deflation. He feels it's going to hang around for at least a year, possibly two years as his guess. I got invited to dinner at a friend's place tonight. We got into discussions around social media and the lack of important communication that tends to happen because of it. My friend's wife was telling me she posts on social media, mainly family bits and pieces because she sees it, um, because people see that they really ask how she actually is and what's been happening because they assume what's being posted on social media is the only thing that's been happening. I recently read a tweet from Naval who said, the modern do- who said the modern devil is dopamine. And it's so true that dopamine people get, hit people get when someone likes or comments on their photos and their post is real and addictive and it's not helpful to living a great life. Sunday, the 31st of May, 2020. The death of George Floyd on Monday, the 25th of May in Minneapolis by a police officer kneeling on his neck for nine minutes while he lay face down on the ground, handcuffed behind his back, Um, is all over the media. Parts of the USA are now rioting and looting. Military police are being used to enforce enforce curfews. I've seen social media footage and it's an absolute mess in parts. Change needs to happen and fast. Riots and looting are probably not the answer, but with so much anger and fear circulating, it's no surprise. We are living through some strange and interesting times in 2020. We've had a fire that literally ravaged and destroyed massive parts of Australia and people's lives, followed quickly by a flood and then a global health pandemic with partial lockdown measures in place. And now this, the ability to be of calm mind, to be of calm and peaceful mind and have a healthy body is potentially the greatest asset we can aspire to. Times like these are perhaps a timely reminder that this value of this value, perhaps they are not the sole reason to take action and move in this direction. If you got through that, I appreciate you listening to it because it's a whole lot of whole lot of me talking. So I appreciate you listening to it. That's the end of May and I'll see you in June.